What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Rabbit Stick Podcast. Today is Friday, July 1st, and today I have a special guest with me today, Joe Sperry, my little brother. He was uh, on he was the first guest on uh, the Rabbit's Take interview series yesterday, and you can find that on YouTube right now. So uh, welcome to the show, Joe. It's good to be here. I'm really excited to, to talk about some, some sports stuff. All right, so let's just jump right into it here with some NBA news. Um, Kevin Durant asked to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. Um, complete bombshell. And then Kyrie Irving soon followed there. I mean, just absolutely changing the the landscape of the NBA offseason. Uh, we kind of thought it was going to be a little bit more tame this season because the, the free agency pool isn't as great as it usually is. But with, with these two guys on the trade market now, it's kind of changed a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to change the league a lot. Um, I mean, we've been seeing trade packages for – to even go to the Lakers with LeBron, but we'll see if that happens. But um, I think Kyrie will stay in will stay in Brooklyn, unfortunately, and then Katie will go his separate ways. Yeah, I so you know in free agency yesterday, over one point five billion dollars was spent league wide, which is absolutely insane. It was the uh, biggest dollar amount ever spent in one day in league history. Um, Nikola Jokic signed the most lucrative deal in NBA history yesterday. And then Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, John Morant, Bradley Beal all signed massive deals as well. Uh, but kind of staying on the KD and Kyrie uh, topic here, do you think that they'll be traded together to the Lakers? Because uh, some of the people are starting to say that if they get traded together, the Lakers are going to be uh, the destination. Uh, I don't think that that's realistic. Um, I don't think that will happen. Um, I think like I said, I think Kyrie's going to stay in Brooklyn. Um, and then KD will I, – I think he should go to the Suns because I think they have a lot of pieces that they can give them, a lot of young pieces. Um, and I just don't think the Lakers can do that unless they trade Anthony Davis. But yeah. I, I just don't think that's even enough for that for that type of deal, you know. So Yeah, man, that's – I mean, when I look at that, it's like – I just don't know who the Lakers can can give up. I mean, Anthony Davis, he's always hurt, you know. I mean, can't, and no one's going to want that Russell Westbrook uh, contract. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, everyone's saying that the Lakers could trade draft picks, but it's like if you have KD, LeBron, and Kyrie on the same team, how good are those draft picks really going to be? Um, you know, I really don't think that that's going to happen. Like you said, I would be surprised if the Lakers uh, make a deal for Kyrie because uh, I think the AD and maybe a couple first rounders for Kyrie might be something that they can get done, but I just don't think they have enough pieces to get KD in that deal. Cause when you look at KD, he still has four years left on this contract. Um, he's arguably the most versatile scorer in league history. He's obviously a, a really, really good in uh, pressure pack situations in the playoffs. And the fact that he has four years left on his deal, it's like, He's the most valuable trade asset in the history of the league, arguably. And, you know, to add on another superstar like Kyrie to the deal, it's like you just – I just don't know if there's a price that's that's worth asking for if you're Brooklyn. I mean, honestly, I kind of want to see it happen because, I mean, it's going to be kind of like the Warriors <laughs> when KD went there. Um, you know, that's just like a fun team to watch. But 
kind of also a team to kind of root against because of the super team that they would have. Yeah. But it's going to bring a lot of viewers for sure for the Lakers. Yeah. I, I just don't know who that who else they'd have on the team. I mean, they just yeah. have like those three guys and a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. Uh, Dwight Howard might be starting for them if, if they end up making that trade. But, Damian Jones. Uh, you know, an interesting, uh, an interesting scenario for me is KD going to Boston because Boston could theoretically, uh, put a package together with like Jalen Brown, maybe Robert Williams, Derek White, you know, they have some pretty nice pieces there, maybe Grant Williams. And, you know, it's possible that they could get a potential package to get KD and pair him up with Jason Tatum. That'd be a really interesting uh, uh, pairing, especially because Bradley Beal's back with the Wizards now. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a good spot for KD. I mean, but I think the best spot would be for the Suns. But I've I've, I've seen that they don't want to trade De- uh, Devin Booker. So yeah, they just they just signed Booker to a huge deal. Too. Yeah, so it's like I don't know if um, the Nets would want to want to trade to the to the Suns. Cause I don't know if they want an old Chris Paul or just like a, not not get a superstar in return, yeah, not, unless they do like a sign and trade deal with with Aiden, but. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch KD play with with Booker and Paul, but um, I don't I don't really see that happening anymore. But yeah, I almost I almost see a more likely scenario. One of these teams that's not been very good, but they have a lot of really good young pieces from the draft in the couple last couple of years, like maybe Detroit or Orlando or Oklahoma City or one of these teams that has a lot of young talent. Because um, if you're getting rid of Kyrie and KD chances are you're probably not going to be competing for a title next year. So it might be interesting to see if they load up on a bunch of uh, future potential superstars. Like maybe if they could uh, trade with, uh, for example, Detroit, maybe they could get Jaden Ivey or, you know, somebody to pair with Cape Cunningham. That'd be something that, that, that'd be really interesting. Um, but, you know, I definitely think, uh, Brooklyn's going to be looking to get the most out of this deal, and I think at the end they're going to get a ton for yeah, for, for both Katie sure. and Kyrie. It's just going to be it's just going to be a matter of if they can get any uh, current superstars or if they're going to get potential superstars. It's going to be that that'll be interesting to see uh, where they go because uh, I'm not sure if Brooklyn wants to send him to a perennial powerhouse because obviously that limits their chances of winning a title in the future. Especially because KD's got four years left on his deal, so um, you know I feel like they're probably going to send him to a team that hasn't been very good lately, and yeah. they have some really good young pieces that they can bring in and kind of build for the future. Because um, I just, I, you know, the the favorites to land them right now are, are Phoenix and Miami, and or at least that's the two places he wants to go. And, of course, they're the number one seeds in both of the conferences last year. Like, yeah, that would be cool to, to watch KD play with Butler. But they would have to probably trade, like, Tyler, Tyler Hero. And, yeah, they'd have to probably trade a lot of people. Yeah. Probably Bam, Hero, yeah. maybe even Lowry, too. Like, they'd have, they'd have to trade the farm to, to pair those guys up. But uh, um, when I look at the whole situation – um, it's kind of funny because KD left the Warriors to go prove himself on another yeah. team, and then it completely wants... blows up in his face. Yeah. 
now he wants to join another super team. Yeah, now he wants to, now he he asked to be traded to the two teams that got the number one seeds in their respective conferences last year. So I think that's that's kind of funny, but it's obvious to me that he that uh, he feels disrespected by uh, the commentary that's been coming out the last couple of weeks after the Warriors won the title. Heard a lot of stuff about uh, you know he has zero rings now and he didn't earn any of his rings and all that stuff. What's kind of your opinion on that? I mean, in his, in his finals, he was the best player, like, no doubt about it. I mean, he made the clutch shots. You know, he was the best player on the court at all times. So it was like, how can he really take away his NBA finals and his, M- and his finals MVPs away from him for, for literally being the best player on the court and literally leading his team? So I don't, I don't agree with any of that at all. Um, I think he he has two rings, and that's it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, he went to a team that was 73 and what, nine, mm-hmm. and was one of the arguably the greatest team ever, regular season team, and he immediately became the best player on that team. Like, that's just a testament to his greatness. Like, he went to a team with a with a two-time reigning MVP and had a unanimous MVP in Steph Curry, and, you know, he's a top 15 player of all time in his own right, and, and Kevin Durant... Uh, went on that roster and was immediately the number one option. I mean, and, I mean that's a testament to Steph Curry's greatness too. You know, willingly stepping aside to become the number two option on that team, but it's also a testament to Kevin Durant's greatness and his versatility and his his offensive prowess. Just being able to go in and you know having LeBron James guard you in the finals and outplaying him in the finals. I mean. The, the argument that, oh, he has good shooters on the team, therefore the 30 points a night he had in the finals doesn't yeah. count. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, he was the best player. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, so let's move on to some college football news. Uh, USC and UCLA announced yesterday that they're both going to be joining the Big Ten Conference at the start of the 2024 uh, season. You know, when I heard the news, it's just very weird. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of odd to hear that. You don't think of California teams and the Big Ten. When you think of Big Ten, you think of, like, frozen tundra, yeah. you know, teams in the Midwest. And, you know, conferences really used to be about, like, their specific regions. Yeah, their regions. Like, yeah. Pac-12 used to be West Coast. You know, obviously the SEC is the South, you know, and, you know, Big Ten is Midwest. And, and kind of Big 12 is the South a little bit more yeah, towards Texas, that area. Yeah, and then – like the Big East used to be the like the East Coast, you know, New York, that that area. But now it it just seems like those lines are starting to get blurred big time because now we're gonna have teams in California playing in the Big Ten, and I mean it's gonna be so weird seeing USC playing in the snow at Camp Randall against Wisconsin, or you know, in the Big House against Michigan, or I, you know, what's gonna be interesting though is that with Lincoln Riley and the Trojans really beefing up right now, they got. Uh, the best receiver in college football uh, transfer from Pitt. They got the transfer from Oklahoma, uh, Caleb Williams, Heisman favorite going into next year. Um, with the kind of firepower that USC is going to be bringing, especially from a recruiting standpoint, it looks like that USC and Ohio State is going to be are going to be the two big powerhouses in the Big Ten for years to come. And, you know, it could turn into one of the – the best rivalries in college football in the future, even though those two teams have almost never seen each other like in, ever in their history. Yeah. I mean, they're doing it because of money. Um, 
Cause, I mean, USC and UCLA, they're going to make way more money in the Big Ten. So I think that's why they're doing it. Um, just, it's just from a money standpoint. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought that USC was heading to the SEC. That, that, that was the rumor is that they wanted to join the SEC and join all the big boys there uh, with Alabama and Georgia and all those teams. But, I mean, so this move completely came out of left field. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so weird. Um, but it, it definitely uh, opens the, the door up to some really interesting rivalries in the future. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Lincoln Riley can do in the Big Ten. I mean, these California guys are, are going to have to go and play in these cold, frigid temperatures. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird. I think it will help recruiting a little bit for USC and UCLA. Uh, crazy enough because I think it's actually a good recruiting point to say, oh, we'll be, we'll be playing games in cold weather because, you know, these guys, if they want to be NFL players, are going to have to play in January and, you know, December and have to play in Soldiers Field and Lambeau Field. They're, they're going to have to learn how to play in the cold. So, you know, if you want to go to USC right now and play in the Pac-12, you usually play in good weather. But now that they're in the Big Ten, as a recruiting point, Lincoln Riley can say, well, we live in L.A., which is a beautiful city with beautiful weather, but we also play some games uh, in some crappy weather, but you don't have to live there. So I, I think that's a, that's a really that's a really good recruiting point for USC and UCLA moving forward. Yeah, it's definitely how they compete in the Big Ten compared to the Pac-12. All right, so last topic of the day here. Um, we're going to be talking about Rob Manfred. He had a big, oh boy, yeah, he, he had a he had a big interview with ESPN um, the other day, and he wants to expand to thirty-two teams. Right now, I believe we have thirty teams. We have thirty. Yeah. yeah, there's thirty teams right now. He wants to expand it to thirty-two. Um, but which is kind of weird because I don't know how the divisions will shape. Yeah, the divisions know. will be a lot different. Uh, I don't know if we'll, we'll, we'll go to four divisions, like kind of do it exactly how football does it with four divisions with four teams or just add two teams to existing divisions. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's, yeah, I think they'll just have to, add, have to add two. Or they just completely eliminate the divisions and make like two conferences or something like that. Make 16 teams in each conference, kind of like, like basketball. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Or make it into four different divisions and make it eight teams in each one. It'll be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It's, it's um, this is kind of something that leagues have to do when they go to thirty-two because this is what happened when the NFL went to thirty-two and they expanded and uh, they had to switch things up big time. And you know, I, I think that especially at first, people will be pretty upset with that because. You know, they have their rivals and they have the teams that are in their divisions. And, you know, those relationships with those teams have kind of been built over the years. And the possibility that those are gone, you know, overnight is something that uh, baseball fans will probably not like, especially at the beginning. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, like, how those teams expand, like, like how do they, how do they draft, how do they get their players um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to, to see how that shapes out if if it does end up happening. Yeah, and you know something that's always good is that baseball is one of the team one of the leagues with the higher roster counts. Yeah, and there's going to be more players getting opportunities to play in the big leagues. Um, talent will obviously dilute a little bit whenever you add teams. The talent always dilutes a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, I, I'm not sure I'd be opposed to it, but. You know, it'd be interesting to see which cities they decide to, to put teams. 
Yeah, um, I think it'll be interesting to see that. I'll, I personally think that they shouldn't expand. I, I think the league is perfect the way it is right now. Um, maybe get Oakland out of Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> they need to relocate. They, they need to relocate and maybe, maybe get a new stadium. But yeah, I completely agree, man. Um, so a couple of other proposed rule changes that Rob Manfred uh, brought up in his interview was the implementation of robot umps, and they've been trying them out in the minor leagues. Yeah. And uh, I'm just wondering, just as a baseball player that might have to. Uh, play in this kind of environment someday like what is your opinion on robot ops you know i really like the human factor in it um i think it would kind of take away that that element away from the game if there was an electric ump um kind of takes away that that um, sometimes the emotion that you can play with the game um because obviously it's not a perfect game you know people make mistakes every single play um there's failure in in each game and that's that's including the ump's I mean, they're a part of the game too. So, I mean, obviously there have been a lot of bad calls in LB this year, you know, a lot of bad umpires. But I think it, I think taking away the umpires would eliminate the human factor of the game a little bit. And it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes out. But yeah, well, you know, the, the technology is definitely interesting, though, like the mm-hmm. way that they can, they can make it so precise and, you know, have, like an actual strike zone that you know that they can just monitor it. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy that they can do that. Personally, I I haven't seen how they how they've done it in the minor leagues. I don't I don't know how exactly how it works. Yeah. So it's like, do they announce if it's a strike or a ball, or like how how do they, like how is how do they relay that information to the pitcher and everybody else? Like, how do they do that? I have no idea. But I think. If they if they do bring the electric umps or the robot umps, it it'll probably be announced. I'd assume. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's announced over the intercom okay. or, or something, and then like obviously on the scoreboard, it, it goes up there. Yeah. Um, the other way that it could happen is uh, the the new uh, earpieces that MLB players are wearing this season. Uh, they might they might announce it via that earpiece, and then just put the striker ball up on the. Uh, scoreboard for for people to see. Yeah, I'm that makes sense. Sure how, how it works either, um, but it'll be interesting to see because HMLB says that they're practically going to do it. Um, there, it's 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 practically an inevitability at this point. Um, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that because because you're probably gonna have to deal with it um, uh, at some point. <laughs> That's a dream. But... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so uh, they're also likely to get rid of the shift. Um, and that's been something that's been a big part of the game for the last decade or so um, with, you know, Moneyball and all these uh, saver metrics. Uh, people, I mean, the shift, you see a shift on almost every player now. Yep. Um, so I'm wondering what your thought on eliminating the shift altogether is. I mean, I think the shift is okay. Um, you know, and it's obviously, I mean, it's an advantage for the, for the defense to, to make a play. I mean, I mean, if you have a guy who's pointing the ball fifty percent of the time, you're obviously going to want to shift over to get the, to get the out. Um, but I mean, people want to see base hits. People want to see ac- extra base hits. People want to see home runs. So I can see why that would be might want to do it because people people don't get excited over a ground ball to the right side. They they get excited over a hit. They get excited over a an extra base hit. So I think it would be all right if they took away the shift because it, it just 
it gets the fans more involved. I think that's why they're doing it. Yeah, Manfred said that his his in the interview that his main focus is getting uh, the fan engagement higher because it's not high enough according to him yeah. right now. Um, and plain and simply, these leagues, I mean, people want to see offense, people want to see scoring, people want to see, you know. I mean, I'm personally a fan of pitchers' duels and, you know, the high-stakes nature of, you know, yeah. just one single run. You know, personally, as someone that, you know, has played baseball for a long time, I, I always enjoyed playing in those games because, you know, every every at-bat and every uh, RBI chance with someone in scoring position, you know, you really feel the importance of it. But I absolutely understand the, the thinking behind wanting to get more extra base hits, more people on base, um, uh, so I, I'm not sure I, I have mixed feelings on it personally, but, um, if they implement it, I guess I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't riot about it. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, the value of pitching would go down a lot because yes, teams are going to be getting so many more hits because a lot, I mean, majority of people, they pull the ball. So it's like, uh, there's going to be a lot more hits and a lot of extra base hits. So the, the value of pitching will go down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, when I look at, when I look at Rob Manfred and, you know, I just see like baseball fans hatred for him. I mean, they just, they just don't like the guy. No. And he said in the interview that it bothers him that people say that he hates baseball um, because he wants to implement all these changes. What's your opinion on uh, people saying that he hates baseball and what's your personal opinion on Rob Manfred? I mean, there's a lot of things out of his control. Obviously he can't relocate the Oakland A's. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he can't he can't manipulate the ball if it goes out or not. I mean, people people literally say that oh, a ball hits the warning track, oh, it's dead dead baseballs, and it's Rob Manfred's fault. I mean, I I think he gets a lot more hatred than he should. Obviously, he hasn't done the greatest job lately. Um, but I think one of the one of the better things that he's done for the game is bringing the field of dreams in. Yeah, um, that's I, that's I mean, one that's, thing that's, I that's really an absolutely like. amazing environment to to bring to the game. So. He's done a lot of. He's done some good things. He's done. He's done some bad things. So, I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't like the guy personally. But, I mean, he's done some good things for the game too. So you can't. You can't fully hate him for what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I think he cares. I think he. I. I don't think he hates baseball. Yeah, he's. Think. He's not trying to ruin it. Yeah, it's just I, some of the decision he does is. Well, it, it does you know, some bit. of the irreverence he had for the importance of a championship trophy, you know, just, you know, kind of just pushing it aside. Oh, oh it's just a trophy. It's just a trophy. Right. You know, it's just a piece of metal. It's, it, it means so much more than that. It's a title. It's a, you know, yeah. it's a, it's an honor. It's, it, it's, it's so much more than just yeah, a piece of metal. It represents, you know, what you've done for 162 games and plus the postseason. I mean, it's, it's, it, it means a lot more than that. And it means a lot more than that to, to the fans because, Obviously, what the Astros did in 2017 was not okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, their way to to win that was, I mean, it should be revoked. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people think. People think that that title should be revoked, and uh, I believe it was the Dodgers. One uh, was their opponent in the World Series that year that they should that they should be awarded the title for that season. I mean, I know a lot of people are upset with with Manfred and the MLB in general for for not revoking that title. Because anyone that's played baseball understands that if you know what pitch is coming, like you have a massive advantage. Yep. Like if you could, like if you could choose between knowing where the pitch is going to be located versus what pitch is coming, 
I mean, you would pick which pitch is coming every day of the week. Yeah, and another thing that people were really upset about was, you know, he suspends people for, for having brawls, but none of those players had suspensions for, for cheating. Yeah. You know, that's that's another big thing. Um, it's it's pretty, lack of consistency. Yeah, he's promoting he's, – he's, he's, he's pretty much pro- pro- promoting cheating. I mean, he's he's taking – like he, you gotta suspend them for at least a season, in my opinion. Yeah, they like, got zero suspension. They got some of them got fined, but none of them got a game suspension, which is yeah, which is stupid. ridiculous. You know, I mean, people people have brawls and they get suspended for two games, and that's more than any of those players got at all. So, I mean, they definitely that was definitely one of his busy, biggest mistakes and kind of ruined baseball a little bit. Yeah, man, it's I think you know, these players are superstar players and they make a lot of money for the league and all that. So to so to get rid of them and to, you know, suspend them would not be good for the league. But I mean I completely disagree with that. If you if you cheat, if you like if you denigrate the integrity of the game, like this is why I don't think steroid users should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Like even if you were a Hall of Fame caliber player before you started taking steroids, you still made the decision to uh, soil the, the integrity of the game. And for, because of that, you don't get to get in the Cooperstown, period, because there's people out there that didn't take steroids and did it the right way. And, you know, you cheated them more than you cheated even the game. You cheated the players that had a chance to compete with you and you had an unfair advantage. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you cheat, you should absolutely be revoked of any titles that you have. And, you know, you shouldn't be allowed in Cooperstown. And in my opinion, none of the Astros players should be allowed in that, in Cooperstown, obviously, <laughs> if they did, in fact, uh, participate in the in the sign stealing. Yeah, let's say, like, Spider Tack and Pine Tar for pitchers, yeah. you know. So it's like, I don't, I don't really agree with you on that. Um, obviously, I, I think the Astros players, like the people who participate in the, in the sign in the sign stealing should – should never be allowed in the Hall of Fame, but I feel like, you know, like Barry Bonds, he should he should be he should be in the Hall of Fame because I mean, steroids just enhance your your performance. I mean, you still have to hit the ball, you still have to run the bases. So I mean, right, but if it's against the rules and you willingly break the rules, then what does it tell like kids that come to Cooperstown and see Barry Bonds there and they see oh he, he took steroids but he still got in the Cooperstown? You know what is that promoting? Um, so there's that to think about too, because it's because the Hall of Fame is a lot about the history of the game, and like uh, I have no problem with uh, having certain like items from their career and stuff, like like at, at you know at the museum and stuff like that, because what they did is a part of history. But I think that being a part of the the greatest uh, fraternity of players to ever play a specific sport is a specific honor, and if you and personally, I think if you break the integrity of the game um, by enhancing your performance, when you know giving yourself an unfair advantage, uh, in my opinion, you shouldn't be allowed at Cooperstown. But I, I understand the, the the argument against that. I mean, Barry Brown's brought a lot of excitement to the game, and he brought a lot of people joy to to what he did. So I mean, I think that's a lot more value than just to, than just taking steroids in my opinion but i have my opinion you have your opinion but that's that's how i stand on it all right well uh, 
All right, that's going to be it for today's show. Thanks for coming on today, Joe. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's my pleasure. Um, so make sure to uh, go on the Rabbit Stick YouTube channel uh, where I have my one-on-one interview with Joe. We talk about his personal journal- journey to high school success, uh, his goals for the future, um, what he says is the, is, the, is the most important thing in order to throw 90. We also talk about the importance of being a good person, a good leader, and a good man. So make sure to check out that on the Rabbit Stick YouTube channel. Thanks for stopping by today, guys. Peace.